Hey there, Super Soul Warriors, and welcome to this episode of the Recovery Soul Food Podcast. This was a live episode that I filmed with my good friend of substances, Alex Kaplan, an award-winning screenwriter, Austin Case. We got into so many different things about mental health recovery, drug and alcohol recovery, spirituality, and just the power of using our divine internal gifts for a purpose. We talk about their new film, Hide Your Crazy, which is a romantic comedy slash horror film about how we feel when we are in our times of of mental health crisis or just the way we feel on a day-to-day basis and never really talk about. This was an amazing conversation and I hope that you enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed making it. Until next time, have the most amazing, amazing day and remember, you can get up from your give up and create a life you love. What's up, beautiful soul warriors? Welcome to this Recovery Soul Food Saturday Night Soul Session Live with me, LC, and two of the most handsome guys on earth. Best beards on earth. I love these guys. Best hair. And you know what? They got some pretty dang good hearts as well. And I'm so happy to have the award-winning screenwriter, Austin Case, here in the house with us. And you know my good friend of, of Substances, Alex Kaplan. They're here to share with us some of their you know, just new remarkable talents in a film that I think is just going to be just super amazing and more than great and better than anything. And it's called Hide Your Crazy. They're here to talk about the mission of Substance to change the stigma around addiction and recovery. And they're just here to share their hearts with us and and their missions and, and what saved them in their life and what they do today to remain, you know, well. And, and as well as, as humanly possible and how they use their gifts in the world to carry love and light to the world to help be the change that they want to see. Tonight is going to be an episode that you won't want to miss and you'll more than likely want to watch a few more times. So be sure to do that. Make sure if you like our content that you are subscribed to our YouTube channel and that you got your bell notifications turned on so you never, ever Miss a Recovery Soul Food episode. I am super pumped to be here and I am so pumped to be here because Recovery Soul Food is brought to you in partnership with the Sober App, baby. 
That's right, the Sober App. And I love the Sober App because the Sober App is the mind valley of recovery. I mean, it gives you every single thing that you could possibly want or need to build a rock star recovery lifestyle. Everything is geared towards your wellness in every area, and they're adding new content every single week. This thing is only going to get bigger and it's only going to get better because. You tell them what you need in your recovery. Like, we're listening, baby. You say what you need. We do what it takes. Danny, Curtis, Mike Fior, and so many other amazing content creators are there. And we're just hungry for you and your hungriness for your change. Now, stick around until the end for an amazing gift from our good friend and partner and my amazing, amazing like soul sister, Pamela Topchian. She and Breakthrough Hypnotherapy are going to give our listeners a free full session of hypnotherapy. So make sure you stick around to the end of this video so you can hear more about that gift. Now, one last thing before I go. You guys notice that I'm in a makeshift um, studio here today, and I want to just give you a small reason why. And I want to give you what's laying on my heart to give you what's, you know, what I've learned through this. Um, we were exposed. My mom and I were knowingly exposed. We didn't know, but the customer knew or had symptoms of COVID and, and exposed my mom and I while we were on the job. Now, as understanding as you can be, it really brought me to a place of thinking about us all as a, a human collective, you know, and, and that we don't need mask mandates and to sit on, to pick a side between vax and unvax. And, and, you know, we don't need a government or anyone else to tell us how to be better humans. Why don't we take care of each other? It is up to us to take care of one another through all of this stuff. So you know what I say? Be kind, be considerate, and sit in your integrity. If you're sick, then be mindful of other people. Do what it takes to be the best human being you can. Because I can lay down tonight with absolutely no guilt or regret because I refuse to get anyone else in my family sick. So I just hunkered down where I was. And I know that I'm blessed for being able to be where I am. But had I not been in this place and blessed with it, my options would have been to get a hotel that maybe I can't afford or something. We never know anybody else's story. So the best thing we can do is take care of ourselves and one another. That's the only way we're going to make it through this entire shift in, 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 in humanity. And I'm so grateful to have our guests here tonight, Austin and Alex, to lend us their, their talents and gifts for how they are being a light in their human, human conscious and helping to bring these new codes to the world of love, light, and humanity. So without further ado, we're going to start this show out by watching my current favorite Austin Case film. It's called Wish You Were Here. So if you guys are ready, I'm ready. So let's go. It's Adam Getz, Harvard whiz kid, doing back here among the common folk. Well, you know, just taking some time off before heading out into We're the real problems, world. problems, guys. Hold on. So I don't know what's happening. <laughs> 
are we? My name is Adam Getz. What's happening? Y'all bear with me. Please, please, gosh, don't let this ha don't let this be happening right now. Come on. Gets Harvard whiz kid doing back here among the common folk. Well, you know, just taking some time off before heading out into the real world. Well, we didn't go to Harvard, so this kind of is the real world to us. <laughs> My name is Adam Getz. A month ago, I was giving the commencement speech at Harvard. Can you believe this bastard got hired by fine gold investments? Dude, you're gonna be rich as hell. This was my girlfriend, Vicky. I think we should practice this next part. <laughs> So, what happened? Billionaire Wall Street tycoon Lester Feingold was arrested this morning and charged with securities fraud in what financial experts are calling the largest Ponzi scheme of the last half century. Please tell me I still have a job. Intern for fine gold. No one on Wall Street's gonna hire me now. Sweetie, you're always welcome back in Hagen until you figure something else out. Hagen. So, wait, you're not coming to New York anymore? I just need a temp job until I can save up a couple months' rent. Actually, we can't offer you a paid position. At you this might want to consider graduate school right now. You're kidding, right? Waiter. Son, we got plenty of waiters. We're looking for chuckles. Chuckles? For me. Oh my god. Nice work, Chuckles. A little advanced for the kitties, but. Look, this is just temporary. <laughs> it's crooked. <laughs> How do you know Lila? We were in the orchestra together. I don't know. We never really hung out. Now's your chance. Harvard boy just handed me a pink balloon wang. Well, just like a hyena. Is my karma really that good? Apparently, I'm not qualified for anything outside of finance with or without a Harvard degree. And I'm finding it increasingly difficult to shake the sinking feeling that the last 22 years of my life have meant absolutely nothing. You know what you need, Chuckles? A mental health day. Where are we going? We'll play it by ear. So, so you think you can tell. My parents caught me with weed and threatened to ground me. Ground me? Like I'm in freaking middle school or some shit? I'm 23 and I still sleep in the same bed I did when I was five. Hey, why don't you guys stay here? Could be like our little refuge. Are you sure that's a good idea? Yeah, isn't this like super illegal? You're right. Get too many band geeks in a room and boom! 
orgy. <laughs> you clean up real good, Chuck. This is the closest you've ever been to Zen. It's a low bar. <laughs> Vicky, this is crazy. Adam, stop making a scene in public. We are not your ATM machine. You think you can do anything you want and screw the consequences? Well, there's always consequences, okay? I want to see someone like you get what he's worked so hard for. Everything he's worked so hard for. How many times am I going to let myself get burned before I stop touching the fucking stove? It used to be like, go to school, get a job, boom, adult. But now it's like, child, college, child. I don't have a plan anymore. I don't know what I want out of life. All I know is that when I was with you, I felt like I was getting warmer. What's up? Welcome, guys. What's going on? Hey. I, I, need to, I need to leave because number one, your intro for us. Well, I I can't speak after. We're, we're that. never gonna number, live up to that. I'm sorry. Seriously, well, what was that? LC, <laughs> when it comes to love, love and light, nobody, nobody tops you. And thank you for setting the bar for the rest of us. And oh, the way that you speak about the things that we encounter in our lives and how we can just be more conscious and cognizant of one another and how we can always be there for each other is just yes. uh, is tremendous. Thank you for all the work that you do and the message you put out there and the way that you you walk your talk. Thank you. We love you. Thank you. I love you guys too. And I'm so excited that you guys are here and, and, and to be, get, you know, get to be a part of this whole hide your crazy film. I mean, come on, man, this is just too much for me. Like I can't sometimes believe I'm just sitting here and doing this started with a thought, you know, started with a thought, a mission in your heart. Right. Mm -hmm. So tell me, tell That's me. Right. Austin, we know we know and love Alex. And if you guys have missed Alex's of substance interview, well then go back about four interviews and make sure you see it. But I doubt you have. We all know Alex. He's amazing. Austin, we're meeting you tonight for the first time. So tell us a little bit about you and and how you get here, you know? Absolutely. Well, Gift. thank you so much for inviting me into this like wonderful family that you're building here. And I'm so oh, glad. Yeah. I'm I'm grateful to know you. I'm grateful to know Alex, and uh, you know he's he's opened up this whole wonderful world of people. And I'm just so glad. It, it feels like such a great thing of like such a great meeting of the minds and connecting of missions That's and good. everything. So I'm mm -hmm. I'm very excited to be uh, you know working with Substance now, aligned with their mission, and uh, yeah. So um, where to begin? Where to begin? Uh, so we can talk about. Alex and me, that maybe that's a good place to start. Um, Great place. So Alex and I, we're two, two AKs from the Philadelphia area 
<laughs> well quaffed, obviously, both of us. Um, it really it Look. feels like a match made in heaven. Uh, and the funny thing is, we didn't know each other until a couple months ago. Um, wow. We, I'm sure. I'm sure we. We we did we must have like without knowing it like crossed each other's paths over the years but um, we met on working on a mutual friend's film set. Um, I, he's a guy that I was in a workshop with him out here a directing workshop. I got to be friendly with him and I was uh, volunteering as a script supervisor on his set. And Alex, I guess you were producing it or something, or you're just there to no, 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 no. I was yeah. basically just like showing up to help because somebody disappeared for the day, and he was like, "Alex, <laughs> can you come and just help?" So I was helping with like props and stuff, making sure that things were in the right place. Standing, yeah. look at that. Yeah, yeah. And, and so we, we we got to talking. So I was I was sitting by the monitor, you know, with my my script, you know, marking it up and, and making notes for the director. And um, Alex happened to be around and we, you know, we got to talking. We found out that we basically, I think you saw that my area code was 609 or something. <laughs> and that, that got to talking about uh, Philly and South Jersey. And, um, you know, lo and behold, we were talking about the kinds of movies we made. I, I was learning from Alex about of substance. And uh. there was something about the mission that like really, oh, you want, you want to jump in, Alex? Yeah, I, I got to jump in. But yeah, so like, we barely talked about it. Like I just mentioned really quickly, he needed a photo that I had because he was taking over the same job tomorrow. So we exchanged numbers. I sent him a couple of photos right. and I mentioned, by the way, this is what I do. He's like, oh, it's, it's crazy. That's really cool. The next yeah. day he texts me and he's just oh, like, right. you're never going to believe this. I, yeah. I can't believe I met you yesterday. I remember the name of Substance and I got a random text from a friend of mine from growing up who I don't talk to often who said, Hey, I just listened to a podcast with a guy who's another Jewish dude from the Philly area. And he's out there in Hollywood making movies about addiction, mental health, and shame. I think you'd really like to check it out. Here's the link. And it was me yeah. on tattoos and Torah talking about the substance. We met the day before and some random friend texted him the next day. Yeah. That unprompted, one podcast. Unprompted. Yeah. She, she reached out, she's in Philly and, and she is also involved in the addiction and recovery world. And she was like, Hey, there's this cool guy out there. He's working in film, but he, but he's also doing kind of cool addiction recovery stuff. And I'm like, I met him yesterday. You're never going to believe it. <laughs> I love that. Was, uh, meant to be. So, yes. um, so I, I started looking at uh, of substances catalog and I was watching the short films and, and Alex and I were talking about it. And I'm like, it's so funny that, you know, we, we were talking about the mission of it. And it's like the idea about breaking down shame and stigma and guilt. Um, you know, that's, I'm like, I'm working on something right now that happens to be just exactly about those things. And, um, uh, yeah, so I had, I had written hide your crazy, a version of it, um, during, uh, the pandemic, you know, when, when everyone was quarantined and I came out here uh, to LA with it and was sort of looking around for who's the team who might want to make it with me. And you know, when Alex and I just started talking, it's like, you know, we're, we love movies for the same reason. We're trying to do the same things. You know, we're, we're trying to to reach people and help people heal, help people feel seen and, and less yes. uh, shame about what they're going through. Make them see that other people are going through similar stuff. Yes. Um, and and it, ju it just we just went from there. And it's like, hey, wait a minute. This could be an of substance film that could be like the ultimate bringing things together. And. It, it seemed like a natural fit. So, you know, hide your crazy. It's, it's a, it's like a horror comedy 
It's a love story kind of in the horror genre. And um, so it's meant to be just super entertaining and fun and it moves and it's going to have some cool special effects. But um, one of the great things about of substance is that the idea is like not to talk down to the audience, not to you know talk down yeah. to people who are struggling yeah. with addiction, mental health, trauma, but like just tell tell a great story yes. and trust that they're gonna they're gonna get it, and you know you yeah. don't have to like sugarcoat it, you don't have to spoon feed it, just just right. make a good movie that's like worth their time, and Absolutely. you're like, hey, this could be that, so you know. Couple months later, here we are, and we're we're making it in three weeks. So I love it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Add something to that. So tell me this. So you guys. So, so this is what amazes me. You know, I I love to help. I love to help other people who I, I always say have gotten up from their give up, man, and they're ready to create this life that they truly, truly love. And you know, I always like to bring us back to the to that to the having the dream. And, and, you know, we talked about this a little bit before Austin It's like, did you know how to do all this stuff when you, when, when the dream to start this came to you? And I'll ask both of you this. And so, uh, you know, tell me about what you knew when you got the feeling in your heart that, hmm, this is my mission. Tell me what you knew about at that moment. Hmm. Is it a mission? <laughs> yeah. You want to go with mission? Woof. It's a mission. Yeah. It's a mission. Well, I can. I feel like I just spoke a lot. I, I want to hear your answer, Alex, and then I'll 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 give my. Damn it. <laughs> like I was gonna think of my. Answer. I was like, oh no, okay, I have a little bit of time to figure this out. I figured you'd take it. Okay, so interestingly enough, I was talking about this the other day. Uh, I'm so I wanted to be an actor. I started as an actor. I started in acting, and um, I was 13 when I told my mother that the reason I wanted to be an actor was because I felt like that was my way that I could leave the most impact on humanity because mm -hmm. I knew that at that age, I, I knew that I was raised by movies. Like I learned how to be a person. I learned how to communicate with others. I learned how to just like yeah. be present through movies. I, it's how I learned about the world. And yes. uh, I'm luckily just like a believable actor and it was just kind of natural for me. I'm dyslexic. I have a processing problem. I have ADHD. Academics are not really my thing to say the least. So like this was how I could use something I do naturally to leave an impact on the world to do that and make other people feel the same way they made me feel. And so I said that when I was 13, but I didn't know until like I went, I, I got sober, right? And I went through my own struggles, my own trauma and, and everything. And, and I recognized the biggest thing I learned, and this is the thing I talk about, is that my issue is not about using substances. It was about why I use substances. Yes. And underlyingly, it's about shame. It was yeah. about a fear of not belonging and a fear of not being good enough, all of which leads to isolation and none of which is unique to addiction. That's just part of being a human being and a person. Mm. And so, mm -hmm. and, and that's when I started to realize that like, that's the thing about movies, you know, movies, that's movies made me feel, I, I, I always identified with whatever the main character was struggling with, whether yeah. it was like, I was watching Benny and June, or I was watching Ace Ventura, or I was watching like yeah. the craft or Marvel, right? Yes. Like, I mean, it's just like, there's something movies create an inescapable emotional experience, Yes, which is how we create the motivation needed 
for growth. And it's that movies have this magical ability to change our mental and emotional states in an instant, right? Yeah. And so it just kind of happened for us that just we were just making stuff and it was just I, we, I couldn't even tell you when we finally like it just clicked for us that it's just like what if we made <laughs> short films that were approachable and captivating in a way that they became tools with the sole purpose to reduce shame improve mindset and abolish stigma for millions at a time and it's just like <laughs> oh shit there's something here right <laughs> yeah. so yeah so that's that's what it came down to. I think the moment that like this became this really amazing possible idea was the moment that we realized that this is not about addiction. It's not about bipolar disorder. It's not about gender identity or right. ethnicity. And it's not about it's not any particular circumstance. It's about yeah. that underlying feeling that all of those circumstances make us feel shame around and make yes. us feel a, a lack of belonging yes. around. And yes. so we focus on that and that's i don't know if i answered your question but you I did spoke. you did you did and you answered my question very much so and and because it just it is that we we have like the vision we have this thing in our heart we feel led and we follow that you know that intuitive knowing and we just start doing the things and accepting the things about us that you know are our tools i'm with you i didn't have i didn't go very far in school i was supposed to be part of the 27 club if y'all know what that awful negative set is was a musician all of them died at 27 yeah. or janice oh, joplin's yeah. and so that was going to be me that was that was who i was yeah. building myself to be you know bar was high and so you know never really realizing how to use your tools internal tools for you know the betterment of all and so i'm so grateful that you know my own plan didn't work out but we don't have to know every part of the puzzle before we take a step forward and you know that's the thing it's gonna feel funny we're not because we're dealing with a society that's created shame around following your heart and following your gifts mm. and you know doing what you love and we admire those people actors and movie writers and directors because you know we we look at them as different than us you know sometimes we think oh man they know they know how to do everything and follow their heart but i don't i'm just a regular person and you guys are I right can now definitely speak to that no i, I yeah. can always speak to that where that and you guys that represent that to me. me at all no 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 i i, I actually came to, to filmmaking pretty late um movies wow. always were important to me they always did have that impact for me um especially with my family i think movies like growing up that was a place where my family we would all like sit down together we would watch it and then we would like, have a discussion and like the movies were interesting oh, because awesome. they gave like like a proxy for certain emotional stuff that sometimes it's hard to articulate yeah. but you can like point to the character so i i think on some that's level wonderful. i knew i knew that but i never thought it was like something i could really do and um I, it didn't hit me until i was like halfway through college already i was already a junior in college i had i had dabbled just a little bit because uh growing up in high school there were some really talented film kids who were like gung ho. They were like making movies left and right. It just and it it just like it was one of those things where I was like, I didn't know that was a real job you could do. You know, it, it just never it just never hit me for some reason that that was real. And I'm like, oh, no, here are these people doing it. And I'm, and, and it kind of got me like daydreaming, like that would be really cool. But of course, you know, that can't be me. I've got my own path. I've got my own plan. 
I thought I had to be, you know, a lawyer. That's sort of what I was going along trying to do. Um, but funny enough, I like my senior year of high school, I kind of got together with some of these film kids and I was like, hey, like, I just want to do a fun senior project. And like, I keep looking over my shoulder at you guys making these little movies and they look amazing and I want to try one. And I made one and it was fun. It was, it was silly. It was like this. It was like a parody of it was like James Bond being in high school and like all of the tropes of the James Bond genre sort of happening in the high school context. Um, and it was, you know, I had a great time and I was like, OK, I had my fun, you know, but I kind of couldn't get it out of my brain. And, you know, I, I still couldn't let go of the narrative that this wasn't something I could do. But um, I did. I did actually have kind of an epiphany moment about getting into it where I um, I was I was like the first two years of college, I sort of was going along that path to be a lawyer. But like my gut was kind of not fully in it. It wasn't that I didn't like it. I just knew I didn't love it. And I knew some part of me knew that I did love filmmaking, that I would still mm. find ways to make little movies like for class or whatever. And I would pour just my heart and soul into these stupid little movies, like an assignment for for like a language class or something like that. And I would like I would like I was sculpting like Lawrence of Arabia. I would just put all this time <laughs> into these movies. And I, and like it just hit this breaking point where I was I was almost like split in half where there was what I thought I was doing and what my kind of heart knew I should be doing. And I I um it, funny enough, I was like hung up over this girl who had dumped me. She was in a production of apparently there's a Amadeus either started as a theatrical show or they made a theatrical show out of it, but it was like a staged version of Amadeus. Who knew? Um, and so I went to see her in it very creepily um and i had i had some other friends in it so i had an excuse it wasn't just for her but um so i went to this show and it's like they had all these musicians on stage like playing all the mozart music and it's like oh it's hitting you so hard emotionally and um there's a scene toward the end where Mozart is he's writing his requiem mass which he never finished he died in the process of writing it and Salieri, who was a real composer, he's sort of like they make him sort of the bad guy in Amadeus. And historically, he probably wasn't. But like he's a good bad guy for the story. So Salieri is there at his deathbed. And um, Mozart's been like scribbling away, writing the Requiem Mass. And he hands a page to Salieri. And he's like, you know, what do, what do you think of it? And he, he looks at the page and then like the orchestra behind him plays. So like the audience can hear what he's hearing as he as he reads it. And then he sort of like looks up and it's like it's, there's like a catch in his throat. And he says, it will help future generations to more. Ah, <laughs> and and, ah. uh, and that, that line, it, I think that was the line where I was like that night. I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> I have to try. I have to try to be a filmmaker because Love. that resonated with me. I'm like, that is what these movies that I've loved are, you know, these movies that have connected my family and all this stuff like that's what they're doing like someone from years ago all of these artists you know actors filmmakers production designers all these all these talented people did this work and now it exists and you know you watch it uh, five years 10 years 20 years later and people are able to process their emotions watching it you know film was doing for me what mozart's music does for so many people so Love that was that. that was the turning point so i had this big moment of like i have to do it and the next day I called my parents and told them I wasn't going to be a lawyer. And then the very next thought was, what 
the hell do I do now? I had no idea. I was halfway through school. I had never studied it formally. I'd made these like little movies, but I didn't know how you made a living. I didn't know what the path, I didn't know what I didn't know, you know, to get like a real movie made. You know, I'd, I'd done this stuff like with the camcorder and, you know, editing it on my laptop and stuff. And it was terrifying uh, because wow. I felt like there was the fear of like, I, I was following my heart, but it's like, if I don't figure this out, did I just like screw up my whole yeah. life? Still yeah. Have those, by the way, those <laughs> thoughts don't go away. Uh, just, Thank you just for that. Thing. Yeah. Uh, those <laughs> thoughts never totally go away. Um, but no, but you know, it's like that, that fear was step one and there's no way you're going to not feel it. So it's like, all right, I'm afraid. Cool. What's next? And, and I love it. Started and, and got help. That was the most important thing for me. Just talk to people, figure out what other people have done to do oh, the yeah. next right thing. And it was just a lot of that for years and years and years. Wow. So I think that's really interesting. Uh, I, I'm so glad you ended on that is this idea of just like this idea that we expect that we have to already know how to do everything. Yes. Right? And this idea of already being perfect. And I think that that that's everything that we're always talking about. All of us yep. is just like, I'll see. That's what you do here, because it's just like, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I, I don't know how to do it. I'm ashamed that I don't know how to do it. You're not supposed to know how to do something yeah. already. That's the journey yeah. of life is just like learning, 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 learning. It's not fail, 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 fail until yeah. like, and just be disappointed all the time. It's just like somebody, I was listening to something the other day. I, I wish I could quote it and tell you who it was and probably like reference it. But somebody said, um, in, every time you get an L, it's not a loss, it's a learn. Yeah. Right? Yes, yes, I heard something like that too, not too right? long ago. And that's Amazing. like, that's everything. And it's just like this idea of like, I'm so glad, Austin, that you bring up just like, I just need to ask some people and I need yeah. to learn. I needed to admit that I don't know yes. anything, right? Yes. I, I will say to my dying day that I I prefer to tell everybody that I don't know anything. Yes. Because no. yes. I, I, like I, I wish I'd learned that. Yes. I wish I'd learned that sooner. Because even, even though I was asking for help, it's like you still feel this like, well, I got to walk in the room and people have to think I'm like, yeah. you know, yeah, I, I've got my, I've got yeah. it totally locked down. And like, no, if, if I had if I had had even less ego and been even more humble earlier on, I yeah, I would have learned much faster. And uh, cool. yeah, it, it's like that. I definitely bring that. I think more now, you know, however many years into it as it is of like, I'll tell people when I just don't know or when like I've never done something before. Like, how, how have you done it? How would you do it? Yeah. And that's how you oh do it. Because everybody's just as scared as you are. Yes. Everybody is just as lost as we all are. And yes. I think that feeling is what led me to drink. You know, it's yeah. what leads people to not try. It's what leads yeah. people to self-sabotage and just get, yeah. get kind of stuck because we think that we have to be perfect. But what if, and I've been having this conversation a lot recently, what if, that is the perfection. Yes. Like exactly. the harmony between the two of the yes. highs and lows. Like the, the perfection is not like a pinnacle to be reached. Right. It is you. It is yes. the beauty of the dark and the light, the happy and the sad, the like Absolutely. the ease and the heavy. Right. Yes. And that's, that's, that's the flow of, of it all. So it's yes. just like lean in, lean into yeah. what feels shitty. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, Let that, it roll yeah. through. Yeah, because we've been feeling a lot of anxiety and fear. And, and, you know, when something like 
what happened to my mom and I yesterday. You know, there's there's a lot that goes into it. You know, before from the moment I walked in the house, my intuition was telling me something's not right here. You should leave. And I had this whole argument within myself and so many things came up, so many fears of, well, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong and the lady doesn't have COVID and then, you know, she's been a longtime customer and I, you know, offend or hurt her. And then the other, but what if my mom gets sick? You know, she's 66 years old. And what if she gets sick and you know what to do? There's this whole conversation going on, but you know, and, and what you can do in that moment is like, just let all of it process, you know, like be there with it because in, in times past in my life, I would have beat myself up for not getting my mom out sooner mm. and, you know, would not have celebrated myself for saying, okay, but it stops with me. Like, like right here, we're making an executive decision that we are not going to put anyone we know, love, or any stranger in danger. We may not get sick. We may scoot by. And I believe that we won't. I believe that we're protected and won't get sick. But it was an amazing moment for me to celebrate that's the integrity of you today, Elsie. And it's really always been there. It's just that any one of those things that develops that integrity, any one of those emotions we go through that truly develops us as an, you know, our integrity, our values and who we are and what we truly are as divine beings, we escaped that because you got to feel to heal that and come to that. And so when we stop it, you know, and I told my wife this morning, I'm like, feel all that anger that you feel because, you know, we're I'm separated from my wife at this point. You know, I mean, all this stuff had to happen. And I said, feel all of that. Don't try to stop any of it. Feel the anger you feel because you're deserving of that. You know, you're deserving to feel that way. Feel that and let it move through. But if you stop any of it and distract, it's going to get stuck there. And then what are we working with? But then we're working with all kinds of stuff that blocks us from being able to feel that alignment and life is a beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing very well said that that actually so i it just made me realize that we haven't really talked about what the film's about at all because exactly. that's exactly what the film's about <laughs> okay. um so like Look. just just a little teaser of what it is is it's about it uh, a young woman who comes home from a day and she uh there's somebody lurking in her apartment and she comes inside and it's scary and all of a sudden lights are on and it's her boyfriend surprise there he's here to celebrate with her and she she is freaking out she's like get the hell out of here get the hell out of here and he can't doesn't understand why until it just like keeps growing and growing and growing she's like get the fuck out and she like puts her hand finger out and everybody gasps as it zooms in on the on the hand it's turned into a monster claw and oh, it's wow. like what He's like, what the fuck is happening? She's like, oh, no. We find out over time, Austin's a brilliant writer and it's just grounded and it's funny. But like what happens, you know, without telling too much, she is a monster. She is a monster that comes out uh, in different situations. And and it's all about how she is ashamed of that ugliness inside of her mm. that keeps her that if she admits it or shows it to anyone, then she can never have this long term relationship. She cannot mm. have that connection. She cannot find that acceptance and love. And so Brilliant. And, and he struggles with his own struggles. And it's actually like through their connected different struggles that they they find that they can be together and that they can support one another. And oh. And it's it's this beautiful piece that Austin is a genius. And I see that. 
And like, it's, it's <laughs> about that thing that we don't share that thing that we yes. hold down inside that thing that we hold on yes. to all the time that keeps us from growing instead of leaning into like that yeah. ugliness and just realizing that it's not our weakness, it's our strength. Absolutely. And it doesn't keep us disconnected. It's the thing that can connect us most deeply. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, say it better. You, you need you need to be doing this stuff in my stead. This is great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, you, you captured it perfectly. And I, I think that yeah, that was that was very much um, on my mind when I wrote this. I I, I love. There were certain horror films that that always appealed to me because the horror was actually a way in to the emotions and to empathy. I think the the horror that I don't like, it's just sort of it's like tapping into some very primal id where yeah. we're afraid of the other, we're afraid of the unknown. Mm. And it's sort of choking well those said. primal fears like don't don't go too far from the village, you know, because there's only bad things beyond what yeah. you know. And mm. that that that's the part of horror I don't like. But then there's horror where it's actually the, the horror amplifies um, pathos or tragedy. Um, and so there were certain there were certain horror films that always did that, like a lot of the classic universal horror, like The Wolfman or Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde yes, yes. did that. And there was another old, there was an old movie. It's sort of around that era from the early 40s uh, called Cat People, the original Cat People. They did a remake in the uh -huh. 80s. Um, and, <laughs> and it was this always spoke to me. Um, the, the main character is this this young woman. Um, who's sort of independent and lives a very solitary life. You know, she's a successful professional, but she's like really kind of doesn't let a lot of people in. And she, she meets a guy who she falls in love with and they sort of date, but um, her fear is to let him in because she's from this village in Serbia where she's cursed that anytime she has passionate emotions or feels kind of amorous or anything, she turns into like a, a black Panther and potentially <laughs> kill him. And I always loved that movie. I love it because it's so silly. You know, it's like the silliest idea, but it's played straight. And the emotion of the main character, she's great. She's played by a, a French actress named Simone Simone. And you just, your heart just goes out to her. And, you know, again, for something that silly to make you that emotional and to like get mm. so deep into people, um, you know, there's a scene in there, an image that's just so, where they're like, there's a scene where she's having a fight with her husband and he and she he doesn't understand what's wrong with her. And she goes into the other room and she closes the door and he's like, just I don't understand what's going on. And then you see her at the side of the door and it's like her her face is just like pressed up against it. And she, she's almost like pawing at it like a cat. But it's like that separation, that feeling of like she wants so much. She wants so much to have this love in her life. And she just think this thing inside of her is is too difficult or it's too mm. shameful he, he won't understand or he won't be able to handle it and I, so i was thinking i was thinking like could i like do a remake of that i loved it so much but as i was kind of thinking it out of like what would be your take on it how would you do it today i'm like well wait a minute i can, I can just do my own thing like i don't have to literally make this thing that i would have to get the rights to or whatever pitch to yeah. someone who had the rights i'm like i, I can just because honestly the cat part was like the least Thing, the thing I was least invested, I'm like, I don't care if she literally turns into a panther or not. Right. So I'm like, I could just do something else and uh, and make my own rules and my own mythology that sort of serves the emotions even better. And uh, and so that's that was sort of where this started. I'm like, all right, so it's a main character. She's she's a modern young woman, but she doesn't let people in. And here's this guy who's in love with her who who wants to be serious. And what happens? You know, what happens when he catches her on that? 
terrible night when when the worst thing that she's hiding is going to come out. So, yeah. And gosh, don't we all feel that way? Like, you know, I mean, how many of us, you know, the cure to so much is connection. And so many of us, like we're built to need connection with other human beings, you know, no matter what, you know, we build between us, we're, we're designed to connect one to the other. And how many times have we allowed a trauma from the past, either a past relationship or, you know, childhood or however we've learned to be that block, that door in between us and this, this, this amazing connection that we truly want in life. And, you know, it seems like that's when we escape and we feel that, that, that door just represents the shame of that trauma. If they know this, it's too much. If they, you know, if they know what happened to me, if they know I'm transgender, it's too much. And, you know, I went through many in, in my addiction, just gained so much ground for just carrying that into these relationships, you know, where you, you sprinkle out just a little bit of something in there and as soon as it's you know and you, you get the yeah. bite on it and you're like oh nope okay pull that secret back can't can't do that mm -hmm. so i will subconsciously sabotage this and i will dive deeper in addiction because now nobody can know the secret so i mean we're all no matter what it is holding on to one of those secrets well you know that's so funny that you say that because like i was just in my group i still go to my my same group for nine years and the conversation came up that, um, you know, we take trauma as our identity. Yes. Trauma becomes our yes. identity instead of a catalyst for change. Yes. And that that's true in language. And I'm trying to get away from it, but I still call myself an addict just for the simplicity of it. But if you're uh, transgender or an addict yep. or an orphan or a widow or, yep. or yep. you know, whatever, like we use these to simplify like how we can communicate what we've been through. But it, yep. we start to use it as a piece we of do. identity. And, yes. and we hold on to it. And that is kind of poisonous. You know, it it's just like it's very. not serving us. And no. so, like, I'm totally with you where it's just like, you know, we, we've got and that's but that's the stigma of society. Yeah. Right. Like that's yeah. that's just how we we keep trying to support each other, but also keep ourselves safe from one another and and simplify things so yes. like here i am just like wondering if i should mention to somebody i work with that i have a problem with alcohol then yeah. like because maybe they'll tell people and maybe they'll start judging but that's kind of what we're all working on that's the work you're doing that's the work yep. we're doing that's the work that a lot of amazing people are doing yes. today and so yes. we're trying to use movies like we're all talking about movies right now the yeah. thing that we yeah. like always watch we're trying to use movies to help us all shout it from the rooftops until we can all just openly talk about what we struggle with with no Absolutely. shame and no no fear of being judged or othered that's right, right. And, and think about what we're setting up sorry to cut you off but just yeah. think about what we're setting up for generations to come you know, like we're what what we're working to change right now in two generations, they will not know the shame of 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 hiding what makes you you, you know, and 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 spending so much time and effort and energy to try to make yourself more like everyone else and deny yourself from just being who you are. And that doesn't and you're so right on the money that doesn't involve the labels that that we put on ourselves because those are prophecies you know and our labels limit mm -hmm. us you if, if i'm if i'm an addict 
every day of my life that that comes out of my mouth, then I can't live outside the rules and limitations of that box. And subconsciously, I will know that and I will sabotage every door that comes to open up that limited prison. And I will find a way without even knowing it to slam, to grab the door back and slam it shut. Because this is what understands. This that definitely makes me think of like in, in cogn cognitive behavioral therapy, you know, they have the yes. list of all the, the distortions and, and one of the big ones is is labeling. And, and I, I always like the way that they sort of help you get out of that um, thought process where like you label yourself like, right, like I'm I, I'm a loser. I'm, I'm depressed. I'm an addict, you know, like all these things you're saying. And it's like it, it, to give something a label means it's always that thing at all times. So, you know, like you yeah. label a jar of pickles. It's always a jar of pickles. But like, are it's so so to to call yourself like, you know, I'm a loser. I'm like, I'm never gonna get a girlfriend, or I'm always gonna be an addict. Like, it's like really in all situations at all times. That's the only thing that defines you. And like anyone, even people who are struggling are like, of course not. Like in every moment of every day, that's me. Like, no, that's not me. And right. um, it, it, that's that's I've always found that like a super helpful way. I, I used mm -hmm. to do more like hardcore cognitive behavioral therapy, like making charts on. Uh, like uh, on notebook paper, but that that's when I come back to a lot, the labeling thing, because <laughs> it's easy to do. It's easy to fall it into is. that. It well, is. I think um, I think this is really interesting to mention is that like Austin doesn't struggle with substance abuse, right? And I believe, I think I'm no, not outing I, I haven't I haven't had, I haven't personally had um, struggles with substances. It's definitely mental health. Um, and, you know, I, 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 I've been very fortunate in that way where, where no one in my immediate family have struggled with with substance addiction. But there have been people in my family who have. And um, but no, for I think I think you rightly point out that, you know, you, you obviously you don't want to compare people's struggles because no one knows exactly what everyone right. else is going yeah. through. But there, there are common themes where like it, it, a lot of these different expressions of coping come from similar places. So yes. people recognize that they're, they're, they're uncomfortable in their own skin. There's something they're terrified of. There's something they're ashamed of. Yeah. Um, and then so you, someone might, you know, reach for one thing, which is a source of, of comfort or is a source of coping. Someone else might do another thing. And I think in, in some sense, some certain, um, you know, mental health uh, patterns are, are similar where it's like it's just you're using some sort of a mental coping that becomes yep. like really, really deeply ingrained. Uh, my, my, my sister is actually studying to become a, a therapist, and she put me onto this really great book called uh, You Are Not a Rock. Um, oh, I, yes. I can't remember the name of the author, yes. but that was, yes. that was another. I read that during the pandemic, and, and that really um, that really helped me in a lot of ways, because the whole underlying philosophy of that book is People, people sort of set the wrong goals for mental health re recovery, where people think like, I feel anxiety, I feel fear, I feel depression, I feel all these things I don't want to feel. I've mm -hmm. got to figure out a way to not feel that. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and, you know, these coping behaviors, whether they're substance related or whether they're behavioral or whatever, uh, thought patterns, that's a way of like, okay, I, I'm going to make those feelings go away. Yeah. But in reality, yeah. the, the actual growth, it, it, so the rock thing, where, where does the rock come from? Basically, he says, if your goal, if you can do your goal better than a rock can do it, it's a good goal. If a rock could do the goal better than you, it's a bad goal. So, like, if your goal is I can <laughs> place where I never feel anxiety again, like I can go into a party and I don't feel like you will never feel less anxiety than a rock. 
because it's an unconscious object. So no matter how many things you work on, yeah. it, you'll, you'll never get totally, you'll always have some feeling, but you know, what, what can you do that a rock could not do? It's like, well, I'm going to go to my support group. I'm going to go out and exercise. I'm going to eat healthier today, whatever. Like those are active things that you can do that an inanimate object cannot do. And I'm, and, and that was just like such an eye opening thing. It's like, oh yeah, like I, I can live my life and do the things that I want to do. And I am going to feel certain things uh, a lot of the time. And that's okay. Like that's, that's part of it. It's like, as long as you can step back and say, but you know what? I, I did the thing. Like I, I, yeah. I, I took the risk. I made the movie or I asked that person out or whatever. I spent, I spent quality time with my family where I was present with them, or I at least made the trip to visit them. You know, stuff like that. It's like, yeah, that's the thing that counts. And the more you micromanage your emotions, the more they rule you and your thoughts. Yes. Too. The thoughts are tricky. But sometimes yeah. it's not it's not just like, you know, at least sitting down to try to write the book. Sometimes it's just getting out of bed in the morning yes. and giving yes. yourself some credit because getting out of bed in the morning and facing another day when you feel like shit and like yep. things have been very difficult for like a week, for a year, yep. for like a decade. That is so courageous Absolutely. to do. And the thing is, we just don't give ourselves credit for it. That's so right? true. Yeah. And, and I think that like, you know, the thing is, the thing about the idea of recovery um, is that like, I, I think that it's not recovery in my, in my opinion, it's life. Right. Yes. Like I'm, yes. I'm never in a state of recovery and I'm yeah. never recovering personally. Uh, I, I'm just living yes. because this is the process, yes. you know, it's just like, this yes. is, this is tricky and it's hard. And it's yeah. like, we're starting to do, um, I'm starting to do TikTok, right. And, <laughs> and we're starting to do I have a social media team. And I'm, I actually, as of today, I'm excited about it because I finally Good. started recording today and Good. I didn't know what I was going to do. And it feels very, you know, promotional and everything. And I would never do it until we finally like, came up with this idea of just like, I share with my team all the time that I am in building this nonprofit. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing, but none of us know what we're doing. We're just doing our best. So That's like, right. I'm going to give myself credit and say, but look at where I've come. Like look yes. at what I've done, look at where I've gotten to. Yes. But the thing is, I am scared. I am terrified. I, I am hurting and I am worried and I am letting everybody down. I'm going to let everybody, everybody down and I've already let everybody down. And that, those are feelings I seriously feel. I felt them this morning and I felt hopeless. And you know what? Right now with you, I feel hopeful and I'm in Amen. a great place. And like, and so that's actually what we're doing on TikTok. Yeah. I am great. going to start telling everybody my highs and lows throughout the day. It's just like, Love hey, you're not alone in feeling like you can't do it. I, yes. I don't feel like I can do it either. And I just want to quit. But, you know, as I think about quitting, what if I really did quit? Would I still get up tomorrow morning and do something else? Yes. Then do I actually quit? I'm never really quitting and you're never yeah. really quitting. You're always getting up and you're always doing a little bit more and you just yes. need to change the way you're approaching it and how you yep. feel about yourself and recognize that you deserve all the credit in the world Absolutely. for doing that. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And great thing to point out, you know, because that's the change that we really got to make in our own lives to be able to start to get to a place where we realize, wait, this is my life. And I've spent this amount of time miserable doing everything I could to try to live up to 
all the things they said we should be and all the programs that I set up in my mind that would make people accept me or, you know, if I go into school and graduate from here, then then they'll think I'm smart enough or good enough. And all of those things just kept us getting further and further and further away from ourselves. And so when we just drop the oars and we just start coming back home to ourselves, and I love to call it a rediscovery of, you know, the divineness that we truly are and to really be able to acknowledge and embrace those days whenever you can say, I'm having a shitty day today and, you know, I'm grateful and proud of myself for just getting up and going through today. And, you know, when we can get to that place and, you know, feel good about going through, not feel good because you're depressed, but feel good that, you know what, I can see that I have the ability to go through and this is not permanent and tomorrow's a new day. And when we can do that, we're not just suffering for suffering's sake, you know, to add more baggage to our already, you know, hefty sack full of, you know, identities, false identities. We can, we can gain something from it, man. Like, like that's my jam, you know, like I realized before I, before we came on that, that, that I put a friend of mine and it was no bad thing, but like, I, I knew she had gone through some trauma and I did something and, and, and it wasn't bad. It was nothing really. Like she wasn't offended or anything, but it was in that moment that I got to be a better friend. Like in that moment, I got to see, oh, you know what? Like I would never want to ignite that, you know, trauma, however big or small it is. And we're not and and there's no judgment about it. But I ne- I love you so much. I'd never want to ignite that in you. And so I love that I was able to see that in that moment and grow. That's my jam. I love to grow. Man. You know, that, that reminds me, me there, there was there was a um, one of my coworkers had a really great kind of, uh, I, I don't know if it was like a maxim or something, but it was the idea was like, um, she was talking about being an artist because she was a visual artist. And she was like, you know, everyone in life, we have these experiences, we have these traumas, these disappointments. And it feels like, you know, everyone's walking up a hill and each of those feels like someone's adding like a log to your back, like you're carrying wood up a mountain. And each one of those feels like, oh, they just added another log and another log. Um, she's like, but when you're an artist, it's like you can take those logs and burn them mm. and make a fire. And I, I would I would broaden that out. I think everyone has the ability to do yes. that. It's not it's not yes. just for making art, but it's like yes. you can bring that sort of intention to anything you do in your life. And again, you can bring it to your relationships. You can bring it to your work. You can bring it to your hobbies. And it's just like, am I am I sort of harnessing my life experience? Am I harnessing those feelings? And yeah, you know, there anytime you feel anything bad, the good news is that you're act, that actually connects you in some way to people because yes. negative things happening is something that's I think an inevitable part of life. Good things happening is not an inevitable part of life. So <laughs> any suffering you've experienced is connecting you to something that someone else has absolutely felt, and um, that that can be a window in. You know that that can be a way to reach out and be like, I see you. You know, everyone else is kind of not seeing your struggle, but I I see you. No, but I, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but exactly. I, I do see, I see you. I'm looking beyond the circumstance of your struggle and I see yeah. you because yeah. I am you, yeah, right? Exactly. Like I, we're, we're all each other. We're, we're all one and the same. And though our stories look different underneath, they are similar. They are yes. the same. Even though our struggles are completely different, like underneath we're all 
deeply emotionally struggling with the same thing that am yes. I going to make it? Yes. Like, am I alone? Yes. Am I like, am I good enough? Right. Yes. And that's, that's why I brought up like how Austin, we struggle with addiction. Yeah. Austin yep. doesn't necessarily personally yep. struggle with addiction, but he wrote this piece that he's just like, this is right in line with what you guys are doing, Alex, set yes. up substance, because it's not about the circumstance of addiction right. and the particular struggle of addiction. And so yes. like there's Austin who just made this piece. That's just absolutely awe inspiring. Yes. And I, I do, you know, I will say this. I, I think that the movies that I respond to and, and again, again, the pandemic gave me a moment to step back, I think, and realize this even more clearly. The, the films that really, really hit deep for me were always ones that had like a very generous spirit and a very forgiving spirit. Like mm. there, there's certain movies, again, that are like that, that are absolute they're, they're satires and they're like dissecting things, really critiquing stuff. And that's a, that's a valuable thing that art can do. But I but I love movies that are that are taking the things that people struggle with and feel ashamed of. And there's just a there's just a generosity of like, hey, it's OK, you know. It, you're not a monster. You're not a bad person. I mean, there's there's any number of like Billy Wilder is one of my favorite filmmakers. He'd made a lot of these comedies in the in the six, 50s and 60s, like Some Like It Hot and The Apartment. And but he his sort of philosophy was very much like that. And his movies really speak to me where it's like people dealing with, you know, relationships and infidelity and disappointment and um, getting over their fears. But there's always that that kind of a warmth to it of like, you know, hey, you know, th this struggle, it, this doesn't define you and it's OK and it's a normal thing. And, um, you know, the fact that you've gone through this and maybe you've, you've made a bit of a mess, that's that's life. You know, that doesn't make you any different from a lot of other people. Yeah. And I, I sort of always took a kind of comfort in that. So I, I think that I, I'm much more consciously directing my efforts toward that because i'm like i need i've needed movies to tell me that in the past i've needed movies Absolutely. to say you're okay you're you know you, yeah. you feel really bad for thinking this or for feeling this or for having had this failure or having had this experience and um yeah actually a movie that i made the last kind of really big short film i made from a couple of years ago is called another girl and that was yeah. sort of like where that that sort of actually it, it, as i was telling the log story i'm like i get that's weirdly kind of what another girl was about where it's like it's another sort of fantasy kind of story where um the protagonist all of his exes are kind of supernaturally appear in his bed every time he's trying to bring someone new home <laughs> and <laughs> and and it's like every time he has another relationship that fails another like supernatural magical you know clone of that person pops into the bed and it's like it gets crowded and more and more crowded and every new person that he's trying to bring home is like more and more berated by they're, they're more and more crowded out by all these voices and all these people and in the end it was like uh, that you know that that described very much what i was going through with relationships and feeling like i had you know all of these um scars and i had made all these mistakes and there were all these things that were haunting me about it and i felt like th every time i go through an experience it um it's like it's making me worse for the next person it's like all of this pain i'm like i'm yeah. even i'm even more internal thinking about all the stuff i've screwed up and all of the heartbreak and all of these terrible things and and making that short it flips at the end where finally he meets this new person so in the first scene of the movie he brings someone home and she's like disgusted by this like all of these people pop out and she's like what the hell is wrong with you and she leaves and then the end of the first scene is we see her like the clone of her pop into the bed and now she's been like added to the list 
Um, but in the final scene, you know, he meets someone new. He's he's resistant at first. He's kind of off dating, but it's like, oh, this looks really promising. Things are going well. He kind of tries to explain to her and she's like, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. It's cool. And, you know, he comes home and it's like at first it looks like everything's fine. Like, oh, are they gone? Do, you know, am I am I over this? Is everything cool? And then uh, sure enough, they all come back with a vengeance. And it's like they're there to, like, you know, make make her life hell. But but she's she's like she has then all of a sudden she starts like manifesting her exes like they start joining the group and it's like she has the same thing. And the, the, the way it's twisted is she finally says, like, you know, hey, have you ever tried to make friends with them? You know, and uh, and that's like that's the answer. Like, they're not going away. Yeah. Yeah. They're there. But like they don't have to be bad. You don't have to be yeah. afraid of them. Maybe yeah. they have. Maybe they're kind of companions in a way. And, and I think that that was like, yeah, that that sort of summed up for me. I'm like, I I, I made that movie because I needed the movie to tell me that at that point. Yes. That is, that. That's right on, right? And that's, I think, the thing about it is just like movies have this ability to speak an emotional language that we don't really know how to communicate yeah. without just inviting somebody in. It's It's something like, the creation of, of movies is just, uh, I think, one of the greatest evolutions in human communication. Yes. And, and that's what we're really working to do is we're trying to be more intentional with how we use them. Right. And so, like, mm. what we're doing is, like, Austin, Austin's I mean, really, Austin's, Austin's a miracle of a human being. Austin is so generously, like, sharing hide your crazy with us because of substance is working to turn short films into tools that go into and enhance and expedite outcomes in schools, in education, yes. in treatment, in growth and yes. support and training in everything. And so, yes. so like, that's, that's what we know we can do. It's just like, these movies make me feel seen. They wake yeah. me up. They, they help me hear things that I can't hear when somebody's saying it or when yes. I'm reading it or when I'm, yes. I'm something. There's just like, it's a next level experience. And Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And you got to get in where you fit in, in a way, like where you feel your heart leading you in this mission. I've, I've said since the day that I, I've done my first video that the recovery community and the mental health community our, our, our position to be the change in humanity, because these are our programs, you know, like learning to live life and, and grow and heal and, 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 and come up from that place that is the absolute bottom and, and give people mercy and show people grace and, and be in that forgiveness. These are the tools that we have to, you know, to, to move through our life with. And this is the, these are the tools that humanity as a whole is, is, is starving to, to have back in their lives. That's why with recovery, soul food, it's always, always and never, ever, ever going to be just about substance because that is, a, once again, like you see, we've said here tonight, that's just the coping mechanism of the deeper issues. And, and, and as you said, Austin, some of us choose, you know, or some of us get involved in alcohol or, or we get involved in substance and others, you know, we, we've got one of the most obese weight problems in, you know, in the world and in, in history. And that is because 
we reach for things to stop the feelings. And, and the more we all come together and do what we are feel specially called to do in our hearts. And if there's somebody sitting in within our voices that watches this tonight or, or later on down the road, if you feel a pressure in yourself to, you know, figure out what that is, don't because that's not the way you'll figure it out. You'll never find it looking for it. It will find you in all honesty. It will come upon you and you will know and everything will line you and lead you there. And you'll go with fear because it'll be so important to you, you know, of substance, hide your crazy, recovery soul food. It'll be so important to you that you will just think, I can't not do this. And this is my thing. And every one of us have that within us. And so tell us, when is Hydra Crazy going to be ready? What can we do? We still need to get involved and help. Like, tell us how we can get involved and what we got to do and when it's going to be available for us I'll to see. love it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So um, we're actually we're we're so grateful to be partnering with MTV and their Mental Health Action Day. Yes, we are shooting the week of Mental Health Action Day to celebrate Mental Health Month during the month of May. So we will be filming in Los Angeles, uh, May 20th, 21st and 22nd. And our shoots are are not just there to make movies. It's uh, our our film sets that have substance are community building activities where we bring together film professionals and non-film professionals to come together to be a part of something bigger than themselves, to come to a very vulnerable space, to create relationships and be part of a community where you know you're working on something that makes you feel seen that is going to help others feel seen. And Absolutely. so that's what we're doing. And so we're, we're shooting that May 20th, 21st, 22nd. And then, then comes post-production, which is... Uh, uh, Austin's editing. Austin wrote, directed, editing. He is a jack what? of all everything. And man, uh, and we're hoping to uh, maybe have it uh, by or in the early fall. But the thing nice, is, man. it's what what I just really want everybody to understand is that we're not making this movie for us. This is not Austin making it for him. If he was making it for him, he wouldn't have come to have substance, right? We're we're making this movie for all of us for everyone and we want you to feel a part of it there are so many ways to get involved and join us go to hideyourcrazyfilm.com or ofsubstance.org hideyourcrazyfilm.com we'll tell you more about how you can get involved here follow us on social media share it tell everybody about it um donate we are currently raising we're looking to raise twenty thousand more dollars to finish this up we have some really exciting people excited people who are already willing to match twenty five hundred dollars five thousand dollars and we're we're trying to get up to twenty thousand so if you if just by donating to us you become part of this legacy and the impact that this film is going to make you become part of this movement and this family so check out hideyourcrazyfilm.com. You got to add a film thinking, on there. I was just thinking. <laughs> Thank I you. Bet you I did. If you follow us on social media as well, we're, we're trying to, to share lots of cool behind the scenes stuff. So uh, we're, we're in the midst of uh, pre-pro now, pre-production. Um, we're, we're sculpting a lot of the uh, practical effects. Those are coming together. So you'll get little sneak peeks of that. We're uh, so cool. going to start. Uh, yeah, I, I actually just came from the location today doing all sorts of fun, the stuff that you don't realize you're going to be doing when you get into filmmaking, measuring dimensions of rooms and, uh, you know, making floor plans and things like that. So we're 
we're prepping it all out, but we're going to give you a little window into the process of actually making this movie for those who are interested. And yeah, it's, it's really going to be fun. If I may, one of the other things that we didn't get to bring up is because Austin's script won two major uh, short film script festivals um, at competitions, it got the eyes of some brilliant talent from like and Hollywood veterans. So the people, the, the people working on the prosthetics and the makeup and the VFX, these are Hollywood veterans whose work you have seen. So this monster mask is insanity. Yeah. I, I'm like, Love it's actually it. very hard for me. I, I wanted to share it, but I want to keep I know, it a surprise. Man. I know. It's so <laughs> got to. Because it looks so oh, I the guy who's doing the monster makeup, he's, he's worked on Star Trek Discovery. He's working on some, I can't say wow. what he's working I on now, know. but it's a big blockbuster wow. that people are going to see. Um, so he's he's just an absolute pro, and and just the level of creativity and artistry on display is like out of this world. So it's going to be oh it's gonna be awesome. You got to build you got to build the buzz. Don't show us, but no, I no, want no. you to show us. But don't show us. <laughs> I want to see it. But maybe don't maybe show once it. we cut once we cut the feed, we'll, we'll set it to. Don't <laughs> show it, man. Don't give in. I can't wait. I'm so excited, man. I thank you both for coming here and chilling with us tonight and, and just having so many conversations all in one conversation. That's the master of what we are as a soul that we can just, you know, relate on a different level. Thank you guys for lending your talents to such an amazing mission. Make sure every one of you just go and follow Hydra Crazy Film on Instagram. Make sure that you follow Up Substance. Make sure you follow AK's Films. You guys know what to do. Go follow these guys. Let's build these guys up. Let's get this movie made. And this will not be the last time that you see these guys on Recovery Soul Food. You have a standing invitation to come back anytime. So when we put the movie out, when the movie's out, let's come back and let's oh, yeah. uh, let's unveil and show it and talk about how amazing it's done. And thank you all for your dedication to what you do and being in alignment with who you are and what you were put here on this earth to do. You're holding the codes and don't forget it either one of you i mean it i love you guys a lot and we love all of you thank you guys for being here all of you that will watch this on the replay thank you so much for your love your support if you want to support the podcast everything is in the description box below and all you got to do is go to anchor.fm forward slash recovery soul food and become a monthly supporter it helps just the show just go on and um you know even just a share a like and a comment all of that is seen and your support means everything to me and to these guys and to every guest and person that comes on this show make sure you download your sober app that is available on in the apple app store and on google play store now you can get it everywhere it's what you need build your life rock your recovery get up from your give up and create a life you love and as promised we're going to go out with this ad from hypnobreakthrough.com who's willing to give you a full free session just for being a recovery soul food listener and just a family member so go there you're going to get the full the first session which is a you know like a consultation a 15 minute session then she's going to gift you with a full free session you got to know by then if you're going to like hypnotherapy it's been one of my most amazing healing modalities I use it every single day. I love Pamela. She's in her alignment. She's doing what she does. Austin, Alex, I love you guys. Make sure that you get back here, get this film made, and let me know how I can help and everything I can do. I love you guys. I love all of you. And until next Saturday, 
We'll see you. Get up from your give up and create a life you love. That's what you can do today. And we love you. Bye, everybody. Wasn't that amazing? Like I said in the beginning, I hope that you enjoyed that episode as much as I enjoyed making it. I love spending time in these energies of these human beings that are using their gifts for the good of humanity. Now remember, if you didn't catch this in the episode, that you can go to hypnobreakthrough.com and receive a full free session of hypnotherapy from our good friend, Pamela Topgen, just for being a Recovery Soul Food listener. Listen, we cannot, we cannot put enough like healing practices into our lives. This is a time and a shift in humanity where we are becoming healthy in mind, body, spirit, and we are erasing the negative stigma of making sure that's how we live. So take Pamela up on this offer. It's an amazing, amazing, amazing healing modality. It's done so much in my life. But until next time, I hope that you know how amazing you are, how much you have to offer to this world, and once again, that you can get up from your give up and create a life you love. This is LC. One love, y'all. Thank you.